Well, we are continuing the message series, Fearfully and Wonderfully Made, and over the last uh, few weeks we've been um, seeing that God has created each person uniquely and wonderfully. Uh, you may think that there's some attribute about your uh, physical appearance that you wish were changed, or there's something about your personality that you would like a makeover on, but God is able to use everything, and He loves you just as you are, and so much so that when we were separated from God because of the fallen nature that we inherited from Adam and Eve, God intervened. Jesus stepped in, He went to the cross in our place, so that all those who put their faith in Him could become new creations, and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, how God remakes us and makes us new creations. He gives us a new heart, a new nature, and gives us new life in Christ. We are created wonderfully through Jesus Christ. We can become new creations, be regenerated. And then last week we talked about the really extraordinary grace that God shows us when he uh, adopts us into his family. He calls us his children. We're part of the family of God. And then he places us in a family, a church family, to help us to go through life and through the journey of life. And this week we're going to look at uh, the fact that not only does God place us in a family, he then provides each person with special abilities, uh, spiritual gifts, to be used within that family to build up the family and to help the family grow to be all that God created it to be. And the Apostle Paul uses a variety of metaphors in his writings uh, in the New Testament to describe the church. In some places he talks about the church as a family. Other places he, he talks about it as a building. Uh, he uses the metaphor as of the bride of Christ. But one of the ones that Paul frequently uses is the metaphor of the church as the body of Christ. We see in Romans 12, 4 through 5, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all of the others. In Ephesians 5, 23, he says, Christ is the head of the church, his body, which, of which he is the Savior. But Paul really develops this metaphor most completely in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And so we're going to kind of land there and focus there today. If you're one that likes to get your Bible out and go through uh, the scriptures as we uh, read them. Now, we have to understand that Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthians um, at a time when there was just numerous outrageous errors going on in the church. He had, uh, had this heart for reaching people who had never heard the gospel, and so Paul just travels all the time. And while he's traveling, he is planting these churches, and he had planted a church in Corinth. He'd left some leaders there to oversee it, but then he hears through the grapevine that, that they've just gotten off track in numerous kinds of ways. There, there's infighting, there's sexual immorality, they're turning the Lord's Supper into like an eating contest. Some were coming early and just gorging themselves. It would be kind of like 
if when we had communion and we have the people standing here with the bread, if the first few people in line just, you know, ripped off big chunks of it and, and ate it for themselves and no, left nothing for the people at the end. So Paul writes this letter to the Corinthians, and throughout the letter he's addressing these issues and correcting one issue after another. And then we get to chapter 12, and he shifts to yet another topic. And here's how he begins chapter 12. In verse 1, he says, Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And then as we go through the next couple of chapters, we see that they were struggling in this area, too, that some of them were uh, like saying that some of the gifts were better than others, and if you had this gift, you were more important than others were. There was disorder in their worship service. Uh, uh, some were speaking in tongues with no interpretation. They were prophesying and talking over top of each other, and it was just disorder in the worship service. So um, <clears throat> Paul is doing some teaching in this chapter, and in the next several, actually. And this is where he turns to the metaphor of the body of Christ. And he instructs the people on this topic of spiritual gifts, which is so important to understand within the church. So looking at verse 4 through 7, Paul says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So he, he's saying, wait a minute, uh, you know, there's different kinds of gifts, there's different kinds of ministries, but it's the same Spirit, the same God that's at work in all of you. You don't get any credit for it. Nobody's better than anyone else. Um, you're all important in the body of Christ. And so then he goes on and he says this, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And as we look through this chapter that um, Paul is addressing this uh, topic of spiritual gifts in, then we find a number of things that we can learn about spiritual gifts as well. And the first is that every person is gifted by God for the good of all. To each one, a manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, I think this is a little bit difficult to understand, uh, a manifestation of the Spirit. It's hard to understand unless you understand what happens when you become a Christian. And Scripture says, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that when you give your life to Christ, Jesus uh, sends his Holy Spirit to dwell in you, right? The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus Christ. It's Christ's Spirit in you that makes you spiritually alive again. And so <clears throat> one of the outcomes of having the Spirit of Jesus or the Holy Spirit living in you is that now Jesus begins to manifest his power, his presence through you. And this is actually pretty amazing when you think about that when Jesus was on earth and he walked among us, he did extraordinary things, right? He, he healed people, uh, he prophesied about the future. He uh, did uh, these amazing miracles where, you know, he spoke to the wind and the waves and, and all these things. And now Paul is saying that Jesus does these things 
through you and me as he manifests himself through these spiritual gifts that are at work in you uh, in supernatural ways. So on the back of your message notes, uh, you'll find a list of the gifts of the Spirit. And I gave this to you a couple years ago when we were talking about the fruit of the Spirit because I wanted you to be able to tell the difference between the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. So it, it's a, a nice little piece there that kind of will help you to understand those differences as well. But it's, um, I think, very pertinent as we're looking and talking about the spiritual gifts because we've got the, the list of gifts there and three uh, specific passages of Scripture where you can go to read more about those spiritual gifts. So um, I would encourage you to kind of look at this, and as you read down through there, you see that there are all these gifts and a variety of them, and God enables each believer to do one or more of these tasks with supernatural ability. So the Holy Spirit may manifest himself uh, in you by showing Christ's compassion for others, to another one, he may uh, give the gift of faith. To someone else, he may give the gift of helps. Or uh, God's, God may manifest his order the way that he has ordered the universe. He's definitely a, a God who knows about order. And that comes through in the gift of administration. So uh, these are the kinds of things that we see God put on display in our lives in supernatural ways. And God gives everyone at least one spiritual gift. And it's not for your own glorification or, you know, to something to brag about, but to build up the church. We see in 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Uh, so number one, each person has at least one spiritual gift for the common good. Now I want to look at this next section, uh, verses 8 through 10. And in this uh, specific section, Paul, again, he lists some of these uh, gifts that we've uh, listed here. And he says, to one there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. And then he talks about the gift of knowledge and the gift of faith and the gift of healing. And then he goes on and talks about the gift of miraculous powers. Uh, another gift is to prophesy and then distinguishing between spirits. Uh, then to another is given the gift of different, speak different kinds of tongues, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, to the interpretation of tongues. And then in verse 11, he goes on and he says, all of these are the work of one and the same Spirit. He keeps bringing them back to that, that this isn't of you, it's of God. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. All right? So there are a variety of gifts. The Holy Spirit distributes them. We don't get to choose which spiritual gifts we uh, receive. God does that. He chooses. And in your notes... Um, then, so the second point is every person receives at least one gift, and every person is, a, is gifted according to God's purposes. All right? God created you uniquely and wonderfully. He knows how you're wired. He knows the things that you love to do, the natural skills that he's put into you. And then uh, he gifts you according to his purposes and his plan for you in the body of 
of Christ. He does that very purposefully. In fact, Paul says in verse 18, but in, in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. All right, so you're here with a purpose. This is, this is really exciting news because God doesn't do anything haphazardly. Uh, and he has placed you in this body of believers. He's placed you carefully here uh, to, uh, for his purposes and for his glory. He's put together this body for effective ministry, creative ministry, fruitful ministry. And you're all a part of that. So in light of these scriptures um, and what they say about spiritual gifts, I want to take just a minute and talk about how you can discover your spiritual gifts if you don't already know what they are. And before I do that, I want to say that spiritual gifts aren't static. I mean, uh, God can at any time choose to manifest himself in a new way in your life. Um, if you're like, especially if you're beginning a new kind of ministry or something. So you should always be um, seeking to know what are the gifts that I have and discovering those as you go through life. So how do you discover your spiritual gifts? They're in your message notes. The first thing is to pray and study the scriptures concerning spiritual gifts. And of course, prayer is the first place to start, right? Because God is the one who's gifted you. He, he knows what he's wired you to do and gifted you to do. So, so pray and ask God, what is it you want me to do in the body of Christ? And, and how have you gifted me? And as you look down through a list, like this spiritual gifts list that we have here, um, you may see a gift you didn't know was a gift. It's like, oh, I do that and I do that well. I didn't know that was a, a spiritual gift. So just begin to do some study around it, some prayer around it. You can go online, go to umc.org and type in spiritual gifts in the search thing there and they'll come up with an inventory you can take right online to find your gifts. There's also like a little description of each of the gifts so you can kind of read and read it and go, yeah, that sounds like something I'm good at. So that's one way. The second is to take a spiritual gifts class and what we're experimenting with is Chris is going to teach a spiritual gifts class at Baselin on June 18th. The past couple of summers, we've tried it um, in like three nights, two hours at a time, and discovered that in the summer, it's almost impossible to get everybody there three times. So she's going to do it all in one day from 9 to 3 with a lunch uh, around noon sometime. Uh, if you want to be a part of that, just check the box on the back of your connection card and I'll let Chris know, but you need to see me because there's homework to do ahead of time uh, since the class is going to be completed in one day, so you need to get a book ahead of time. Then the third way is to volunteer to serve in an area of interest. And, you know, I highly recommend the spiritual gifts class because it looks at more than just your spiritual gifts. Uh, it looks at the whole person. You have past interests, the things that you've you're good at and skilled at. You have um, things that you're passionate about that you like to do. I mean, some of you enjoy going to work with the children. Others are, you know, shaking your boots to think about a group, a room with children with glue sticks, you know. So you're, you just would rather not go that way. So um, the spiritual gifts class helps you identify uh, not only your gifts, but your passion and things that you're wired to do. Uh, so I'd encourage you to do that. But if you can't take the class, 
the next thing to do then is to, to volunteer in an area that you think you would enjoy. Uh, God gifts us in uh, areas that we enjoy. I mean, he's not going to give you a gift in something that you hate doing, okay? So if it's something that's interesting to you, uh, then the best next thing is to do uh, is to then just volunteer and begin to serve there. And if it doesn't seem like a good fit, you know, no, no worries. You, you can try something else. But one of the surest indications that you're not gifted at something is that you find that you're not enjoying it and, and that it's not bearing any fruit, all right? And uh, it's not that you're not gifted. It's just you're not gifted at that. And I, I read this article a couple weeks ago that is just a great illustration of this. Uh, it's entitled Bad Sniffer Dogs. And apparently in uh, England, or Brit- the British government had spent $1.7 million to train uh, six dogs how to sniff out cocaine and heroin at the Manchester airport uh, there in England. And so they were supposed to be highly trained to sniff out these banned substances. But after six months, uh, they had failed to sniff out any drugs. They had not found uh, uh, nada, none, nothing, no drugs at all. They did, however, find 400 pounds of illegal meat and cheese. (laughs) (laughs) See, it wasn't that they were bad sniffer dogs. (laughs) They were just expecting them to sniff out things that they weren't created to sniff out. Now, if they had asked them to sniff out meat and cheese, the title of the article would have been six great sniffer dogs, right? (laughs) But there are a couple things we can learn from these dogs. The first lesson is don't do drugs, eat cheese, okay? The second lesson as it applies to spiritual gifts is that we're to serve where we're gifted and created to serve. And if you do that, you'll never be labeled a bad sniffer dog, okay? It'll It'll go well with you. God has gifted you, purposefully placed you in the body. Every person is gifted, and then every person is needed. Uh, That's your third point in your outline. Every person is needed in the body of Christ. We all need each other. Uh, You're a necessary part of the body of Christ. Don't ever feel like you can't make a contribution. Uh, That's not what God's word says. That's simply not true. All of you together make up the church, and you're all needed. And in the next several verses, Paul unfolds this metaphor and the importance of every person in the body of Christ. So I want to look at that for just a minute. We're going to start in verse 12, where Paul says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For you were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the same spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the pot to the body, 
it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. So if an ear detaches itself and it lays on the floor bemoaning the fact that it's not an eye, you know, I'm not an eye, I'm not a part of the body, the eye and every other piece, part of the body would say to the ear, get up here, get on this uh, body. The whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body every one of them just as he wanted them to be. Every person is gifted. Every person is gifted very intentionally for God's purposes. Uh, I want to lift up one more passage of Scripture that comes later in in chapter 12, uh, verse 27. He says, All of you together are Christ's body, and each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. God has gifted you. He gives, uh, his gifts give meaning and purpose to our life. And if, if you find something that you're gifted in, it, it just lights up your life. And it keeps you awake at night as you're thinking about that ministry and how God is going to use that for his glory and his purposes and how you can be involved in that. You'll love serving. You'll, it'll keep you awake at night. You are gifted. You are placed in the body with great purpose and need. If you haven't found a ministry yet, I would encourage you to explore and discover your spiritual gifts and begin serving. If you are serving, great. Thank you. Thank you for serving. 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 Turn to somebody and say, thank you for serving. Thank you for serving. Sarah, thank you for serving last night. And Katie, or in down there, everybody, uh, it's just, it takes everybody, doesn't it, to make the church. So I want to take a minute and then and look at the back of your connection card, um, some ways to respond to the message. The first is to memorize that verse from Psalm 139.14. Then the second says, I'm going to explore my spiritual gifts by volunteering in a new area I think I may be gifted in during 2016. Maybe you don't have time for the spiritual gifts class, but you felt God uh, speaking to you about uh, serving in some way, take that step, volunteer, and then three, if you're interested in that class, check the box, and I'll let Chris know, but I also need to get you a book. All right, let's pray. God, we thank you uh, for your goodness in putting together this church, giving us a church family to care for one another, and then not just Sticking us together, but giving us special abilities to, to help one another, to, to love and, and build up the church, and to do the work that you've given us. And I pray that you'll help each one of us, God, to not only identify what those gifts are, but then to be willing to use them, to, to step out in faith and, and to see what you'll do through us and through your church for the glory of Jesus. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's go ahead and have...